0: What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take
1: time to chill. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for Sports. Sports. From State Street and the First Midwest Bank Studio, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, WMVP Chicago. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. How you doing? Follow us on the gram at Hood and at ESPN underscore Chicago.
2: ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.
0: What's up and welcome in... You're listening to ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Under the hood with the Hood, weeknights at 7. So glad you're with me. Open phone lines for you 312 332 ESPN. 332 3776 is the telephone number. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet Jay Hood. We'll hear from Doug Landville. From the Starkville podcast, of course, author, a friend of the program, we'll hear from Doug Landville his thoughts about Major League Baseball and COVID-19 coming up at 735 here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget, also Summer of Football comes your way in an hour. Every night at 8 o'clock, I give you something football. Jeff Chadia, a writer for NFL.com. Also, you see him on the NFL Network with his expertise. He'll join us in an hour from now to go over – uh, COVID-19, the National Football League, the Bears, and everything else at 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. Hope that you've had a great Tuesday. Hope that you have a great Tuesday night as we keep you company here uh, on Chicago's Home for Sports. So it's interesting. We had a caller during the baseball show. And if you missed it, baseball show airs after Walla and Sylvie every night at 6 right here on ESPN 1000. It was um, Dave from Downers Grove. And he called in earlier. And... As I go through the White Sox loss against the Indians and talk about how the bullpen, how it imploded for the Cubs yesterday, his concern, the caller's concern was, so what's going on with COVID-19 in baseball? As much as I am into the storylines that we're seeing with baseball, the, the cloud is over the sport because you don't know how long it's going to last. And guess what? That's fair. That's fair. My job in the baseball show is to talk about the storylines to keep you abreast of what happens in games. That's why I'm watching the games. But I understand if you're watching baseball, and again, football is coming right around the corner here, and you're wondering whether or not what you're seeing is something that will be long-lasting. Here's something that we do know. When it comes to Rob Manfred, as well as Tony Clark the head of the players association, Manfred being the commissioner. There's a need for more leadership in this sport. There needs to be more leadership. You give an athlete or a person an inch and they will take a mile. The Miami Marlins knew on Sunday that there were players on that team that had COVID-19 and they played anyway, they played anyway, they knew that there was something going on and that those players shouldn't have played. There was a group text trying to determine amongst that team whether or not they should play or not. That's crazy to me. If I had COVID-19 and you are, and I'm your coworker, I definitely would tell my supervisor, hey, you might want to remove me from the situation here because I need to get further tested or I need to be quarantined because I don't want to get my teammates sick. I don't want to get you sick as a coworker. Marlins played anyway. And then his questions about the Phillies, when that they were going to have COVID-19. You know, thank goodness for the Phillies. None of those players had COVID-19. There was a clubhouse attendant that had it, but no players had this. And I've been on social media at ESPN MLB Show and checking out all the columns regarding what is going on with the Marlins. We come to find out that Major League Baseball has postponed all the Marlins games through Sunday because of a recent coronavirus outbreak. I need Rob Manfred to stand up for his sport. I need him not to just saunter on to the house organ. That is the major league baseball network with Verducci and Verducci is a, a solid journalist. It's not against him. I'm just saying that Ver, what happened is Manfred went someplace where he thought it was comfortable. He needs to be able to face the music about this and, and find out why those players won't be suspended or something. Something has to happen. They have COVID-19, and they're aware of it, and they still play. There has to be repercussions. The other thing, too, and we'll hear from Manfred a little bit later on. Manfred said, as we played on the baseball show, that, no, I, I, you know, I don't know if baseball is going to completely shut down. It has to be a team that just completely uh, devastated with COVID-19. Well, that's, that's more than one-third of a roster of the Marlins has COVID-19. So you're not going to stop baseball, but what about the Marlins? Do they get a chance to continue to play? They have taxi squads, sure. And the Marlins aren't going anywhere. We know Miami's not going anywhere under uh, Mattingly and Jeter. not going anywhere, but that's beside the point. Point is, is that it has to be clear to every player that's on the field, if you test positive, if you're not feeling well, you should not be around players. You're tempting fate anyway by being on the field. So I just think there needs to be a lot more leadership and more conversation about this to make sure that if you're going to play through this COVID-19, that's going to be right. I love baseball. I love sports just like you love sports. But I don't love sports to the point where I want to see players get sick just for my entertainment. And I don't want them to get uh, sick just because we love to be entertained by our favorite sport. That's nonsense. It's not worth it. Life comes first. We're lucky to be able to turn on the TV and see our favorite teams play. But leadership has to reign and must ring true for Rob Manfred. If, if the NFL can, if the uh, NBA can do it, if the NHL can do it, I think Major League Baseball could do it. And he's looking at you, NFL, the same way. What's your plan, Goodell? 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Let me go to the phone lines and talk to you about this. Because as much as I'm talking to you about Cubs and Sox storylines, I know I can just feel it after doing this for almost 30 years. I know some of you still have in the front of your mind, like, okay, so this is cool, but there's no fans, and there's testing, and it doesn't look the same. It's not the sport I'm used to seeing. So what happens next? Tom and Belmont Cragen with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hi, Tom. Uh,
2: Thank you so much jonathan for taking my call yes sir. i just wanted to let you know that uh, you need to go to the, the detroit news all right. after all this disappointment we've had with uh you know all these guys that are really messing up and i'm i'm t- uh, calling out uh, don cooper i'm calling out uh rick khan and rentaria the way that they messed up uh, uh carson former you go to detroit news and you see what uh Carson Fulmer said about all of it, and he, he wasn't really bad mouthing him at all, but how they just absolutely screwed him up, having him go through all kinds of machinations and, and optioning him out every time he turned around. It was really stupid. When you see what we got now with, uh, Lopez and Cease and Gonzalez, Gonzalez is a real, he's a real piece of work. You know, he, he didn't do anything with the Brewers. He's been, he was with the Sox, what, two or three other times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I just don't understand what they're doing management-wise.
0: Well, you know, they spend almost $200 million in free agency because they want to catch up offensively with the Twins. You know, the Twins hit over 300 home runs last year, so they want to be able to at least compete that way. But the pitching... You know, Don Cooper's been here for a long time. And just because he's been here for a long time doesn't mean that he still, he knows what he's doing. He was Amen, very, brother. he was very fortunate in 05, right? That 05 team came out of nowhere. It was the, the typical Kenny Williams thing of piecemealing guys together. Here comes Jermaine Dive from the Royals. This throat is suddenly got there. See what happens. Well, that was just magical because that pitching was terrific. Doesn't mean that Don Cooper was the reason that the Sox are, are, were great he was part of it but just like the clubhouse attendant he was part of it too they all deserve rings you know what i'm saying so for him to still be here in 2020 like he's some genius i'm not a big fan of that either
2: uh, john Paxson, how about john Paxson and and reinsdorf's uh, mis mislaid uh loyalty
0: oh yeah well that i appreciate your phone call that's what that's really part of the the reinsdorf regime loyalty you will just continue to have someone around just because of memories of loyalty. And that is good to an extent. It should not be loyalty to a detriment to your team in any walk of life. Having someone around and keeping them around just because, you know, you know them doesn't necessarily mean that they're always going to get the job done. You have to be able to evaluate every year. I've been at the station since August of 2005. I'm evaluated every year. Just because I'm here and been here for a long time doesn't mean that I'm just going to be comfortable in the chair. I have to continue to bring it every night and be able to be as compelling as possible uh, every night. I went to Detroit News, my friend, and I saw – I'm going to have to read through this maybe during the break, but Ron Gardenhire says, I don't think that we've gone out and got him if we didn't think we he could contribute to us right now. He's got a big arm. He's talking about Carson Fulmer uh, being part of this team. i got to find some quotes uh, from fulmer but i'll i'll read through it though i've seen a lot of quotes here from garden hire on fulmer uh but i'll i'll take a look and get back to you on that thank you for uh, uh, alerting me on the fulmer piece from the detroit news tom and belmont Cragen leaves line open 312-332 espn 332-3776 our phone number let's go to wrigleyville here's eddie with jonathan hood on espn 1000 hi ed
3: Wait, I'm not from Ridleyville. I'm from the north side. And John, the hood, man, I love your show and everything. I can sit there in the studio and talk to you for hours with the stuff and everything. Um, The big thing about it is, like with Florida, with the Marlins and everything like that, I mean, what... I, I hooked up with uh, you know with the sports betting over here at the casino and everything like that. But when you bet on a team that runs themselves out and they have COVID-19, and my wife's a nurse, and these guys are drained, they're, they, they got fevers and everything like that, I don't... I, you know, from way back when, like all these bookies and everything, like from way back in like the 70s and 80s, they figured these guys that like, go out drinking all night and doing drugs or doing whatever, that affects the line. I mean, where are they going to come off with the thing of saying, you know what, these bets weren't fair, you know what I mean? You, you got these teams that are dropping out that uh, are sick and everything and playing against other teams and it's just not fair for the betting public. Do they get refunds and everything on that? I mean, I I can sit here and talk about so much of the stuff that goes on with it. And, you know, what what the base, the football to come up with, I I can't even imagine what the, the, you know, the line stuff and all that. And I know we all, you know, what on ESPN and whatever sports thing that we go on to, lines mean so much on what is going on with teams. And I don't know, what do you think, well, just, just for that thing? I have so much, I can sit in there in the studio with you for one or two hours and just talk like through all the stuff I need and I don't know, what do you think, Hood?
0: Let me address it, I appreciate your telephone call. Uh, uh, Eddie, when, maybe when we're not socially distancing, maybe you can sit in the studio with me, but not right now. Um, you know, Eddie, if you're you're saying, if you have a future bet, I see I get your point, You're saying that, especially with the National Football League, which we're going to get to coming up next, about how the NFL and their players, there's about six players now that have opted out of the Patriots. Say, for instance, you had a bet on the Patriots, and you had a futures bet on the Patriots, and you thought, okay, I got them to at least win the division with uh, Cam Newton as their quarterback, that they'll be just fine, that they'll find a way to get 11-5, and and then you find out five or six players drop out. So... You're asking me if you've already placed that futures bet, how do you get that back? That's a good question. I do not know the answer to that question. I do know someone that I could ask during the break, um, but I, I get your point on that. You're saying if, I, if I've if i placed a future bet on certain teams and some of these players are dropping out, then what am I supposed to do? I didn't know that beforehand. It almost I think it's just part of the risk because it's almost like if you have players that – Uh, are injured and you didn't know it and you already placed a bet, then you're just kind of screwed. You're kind of SOL. And for players that drop out, I don't think there's a refund if you've already placed a a future bet on a team. That's what I believe. But I will check on that as well. So I got two assignments here during the break. I'm still going through this Detroit news piece from my friend here from Belmont Craig and Tom was talking about Carson Fulmer. I'd like to see some quotes on that Uh, because he was – I never believed in Fulmer as a pitcher for the Sox and <laughs> the glasses on. And he just didn't seem like he was ever going to be much of anything. We are always leaning on this, the narrative about the youngsters for the Sox and the young Sox pitching. Fulmer was supposed to be part of that process. Now everybody can't flourish. I get that, but I never really believed in Fulmer as being either starter or reliever long-term for the White Sox. He just never had it. And I could place the blame on Don Cooper for that, or I could just look at the body of work for Don Cooper, especially during the losing the over 800 losses that the Sox had uh, since the last time he went to the playoffs. I can say that Cooper's part of that problem. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a Jim Boylan type thing where you're, you're in that clubhouse. You're in that dugout. uh, How are you not part of the issue with the Sox, what they're losing? I know it's got to be about players, but it's also about development. Has, has Cooper really developed the White Sox pitching the way it really needs to be? That yeah, I means it's a really, really good question. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, we'll take more of your phone calls, and we'll talk about players in the NFL already saying, nope, I'm not going to play this year. What does that mean for the NFL? Next on UTH.
1: This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is Under the Hood. Under the Hood podcasts are available now on the all new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now.
2: This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sport. Boy,
0: 2020, what a year we've gone through. So we're not even finished with it yet. We're just in July. But. The reality of COVID 19 and players, sports, our lives, it's all intertwined. And so we see a number of players in the National Football League that have decided not to play this season. It started on July 24th with Laurent Duvernay Tardif, a guard from the Chiefs who's 29, who has. Uh, has a medical school. He is a medical school, school graduate from McGill University in Canada, and has been assisting as an orderly in a long-term care facility in Montreal uh, during this COVID nineteen. He says, "I cannot allow myself to potentially transmit the virus in our communities simply to play the sport that I love. I, if I'm going to take risk, I'm going to do it and care for patients." That's from Tardif from the Chiefs that's back on July 24th just a few days ago and then we start getting all these names like DeAnthony Thomas a wide receiver Chance Warmick, a guard from the Seahawks uh, Maurice Kennedy the corner for the Cowboys uh, who tweeted first family first money second hashtag stay safe Caleb Brantley the defensive um, a D lineman for Washington and then like this list of Patriots Najee Torrin, Danny Vital a a fullback, Marcus Cannon, a uh, offensive tackle, Brandon Bolden, a running back for the Patriots, Dante Hightower, the name that really stands out the most, a linebacker for the Patriots, opting out of the 2020 season, Uh, 6'3", 260-pound linebacker, says, nope, not going to play. Andre Smith, the oldest offensive lineman on the team for the for the Ravens, says, nope, not going to play. And, it, and there's the list of players. And then you go through the list, Patrick Chung, another Patriot, by the way. And then for the Bears, Eddie Goldman's not going to play. Goldman, who's 26, has been a stalwart on the defensive line um, since he entered the league as a second-round draft pick in 2015. Ryan Pace has said that Goldman is the anchor to the Chicago defense. He signed a four-year extension with the Bears prior to the 2018 season that contained $25 million in guarantees. He's like, I'm not playing. And the list goes on and on of players like Marquise Goodwin, wide receiver for the Eagles, Jordan Mack, a linebacker, Devin Funchess, the wide receiver for the Packers, all have said that they're not going to play because of coronavirus. We heard this before with Major League Baseball. And there was, you're always going to get some ridicule and nonsense on social media because that's what it was built for. It's it's there to be social, but people don't understand that. Some, a lot of people don't understand that. And so for these football players, they know the season's coming and they know COVID-19 is real and they're not going to play. I can't blame them because it's their choice. And there's going to be more, I'm sure. I think a reason why it's going to be more is because the NFL does not have what I would consider a, a stern, stringent plan in place on what they want to do with the season. What is the plan for the NFL? I've been asking this for about a month now. Because could you imagine the NFL, based on the schedule that we've gone through, that we have seen for 2020, where players are zigzagging across this country and... Going and playing the games that they love, flying in there on a Friday or Saturday, playing on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, wherever they play, and going through testing and everything will be fine. I can't say that it is going to be fine. Here's something that's a guarantee, is that no matter how much you try, someone's going to get COVID-19. And the hope is that COVID-19 is not deadly and kills somebody but we know from the numbers that we've seen, that that's not theoretical, that's real. I've talked about this. I had someone in my family that died because of COVID-19. I've talked about that. And uh, people around me and sports figures that you know have had those that not necessarily elderly, people in great shape, young people as well, have had to deal with this. And so as much as some would love for real life to get away from their sports, from their toy department, Real life continues to have a residence in our lives as sports fans. As we talk about this with Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Can't get away from it. Can't get away from it. The NFL, similar to Major League Baseball, has a system in place where you just clock in and you clock out. And whatever you do on the field will test you. And if you are uh, negative, that's great. But then when you leave, how do you know that person is going to be going to a place safe? These are players. And I won't cast aspersions on all players, but players are just like you and I. Some just feel like they want to just shift over. And I think about COVID-19 and get into the club and party. And be able to be around people that might have COVID-19 or people they don't know if they has COVID-19. And they, have, they get a positive test. And then that becomes a pand- uh, comes an epidemic. It becomes an outbreak like it is with the Miami Marlins baseball team. Anthony Rizzo was on earlier today and was talking about how some players are not wearing a mask.
2: I mean, w- at when when the game starts, we try to – the the game is the only normal thing of the day, Yep, honestly. So everything else is very uh, different, very abnormal. But when you play baseball, other than not having fans, um, it's the only pretty much normal part of the day. So – um, I think guys do as as best as they can to to keep their distance and and not the big thing for us is not being around or close to each other for a long period of time, uh, especially without a mask on. So um you know, I think with us here we we've had guys really paying attention, especially in the clubhouse, uh pretty much masks all the time and just don't wanna be someone who gets it and and hopefully doesn't spread it too.
0: Doug Glanville on Major League Baseball COVID-19 and the storylines are on Major League Baseball. Next on UTH.
1: This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Hi everybody. On ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJhood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000.
0: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Every night at 6 after and Sylvie, you can join me for the baseball show, everything Cubs, Sox, and around Major League Baseball right here on ESPN 1000. We turn to friend of the program from TheAthletic.com and the Marquee Network author uh, and my friend Doug Glanville. He joins me here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app to talk baseball. Doug, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time.
4: Hey, Hood, great catching up. It's been a minute.
0: Yes, it has been. Uh, how are you and your family during all this?
4: Yeah, going well, man. Uh, we have a 12, 10, 8, and 4-year-old, so uh, homeschooling is uh, something that I tried to fire myself from many different times uh, unsuccessfully. <laughs>
0: so, uh, you're, you're the Don Cooper of homeschooling. You, you're just gonna, <laughs> you've been there, and, and it's your job, so you're just going to be in, uh, firmly in that, entrenched in that job for a long time.
4: <laughs> Looks like it, man. Looks like.
0: <laughs> so, um, I, I want to get your thoughts about leadership. I mentioned this earlier, Doug. I, it is so important. For all these sports, if you're a commissioner, to be able to lead and be able to talk and explain, I think the NBA um, has done a really good job of trying to talk through this COVID-19 and what the plans are and putting the plans in place. How would you assess the leadership from Rob Manfred through this?
4: Well, it's an important point, and there's no doubt the country, really the world, is looking and paying attention and, and quite frankly, learning from it. uh, There's... There's a, an experimental component to this, and you know, I think because of uh, you know what happened with the Marlins and the outbreak, there's a lot of concern about that communication. And uh, you know certainly we're not in control. MLB is not in control of this, and because it took you know so long in terms of the tensions between. MLB and the players association to kind of get the deal done you always worry that that sort of fractured relationship would impact once you do come together and start the season that it will reflect that you know you're not always on the same page and this is a time you absolutely have to be lockstep because of what's at stake you know with respect to health and safety so I think they're trying to at least share what their findings are, so that we all can benefit. Um, I just mentioned, you know, school. Uh, even as a parent, you're looking and saying, "Well, do I send my kids to school?" And and you know, these leagues are going to help inform us because they're testing every other day, and they they have the resources, the tools, the influence, the platform to be able to you know get good data and and also maybe find a way to play some baseball here. So. Uh, So I I do think they're doing what they can, but, you know, they they have to continue to to unite more with respect to the Players Association and the the league itself.
0: To follow up on that, the reason why that this issue is bugging me is because I felt like for about mm, 20 hours, almost a day, that Don Mattingly was the commissioner of baseball. And that's that should not be the case. Doug, it, it was Don that had to talk about what's going on as far as the Marlins and the outbreak. And sure, you have to be able to gather information. But I just need the commissioner to be there, whether it's through social media or uh, through the office, uh, being uh, someone that's available to be able to talk to the press through a Zoom call, whatever, about this. Because that was a mess on Sunday. I mean, it's bad, but it could have even been worse.
4: Well, it was, and you, you got the sense that the communication was, you know, came down on the Marlins saying, okay, well, you know, kind of got together and said, all right, well, we can, we can play. Uh, you know, they, they, through their protocols, they were kind of given that position. But um, there's no question you can't do this alone. You know, you can't do this alone. And I know Major League Baseball tends to uh, try to, like you said, collect information. You're dealing with 30 teams in different jurisdictions, different states. Uh, You're not in a bubble. You're not in that environment. So you have uh, a little more difficult time to bring things together uh, so so quickly because you are in in different circumstances. And, And that was a choice for a variety of reasons on why they said, let's not do the bubble. You have many more, you know, the personnel, the larger amounts of people involved, uh, isolation from your family through what is a full season, not the sort of ending of a season. So there's a lot of elements. But, uh, you know, you hope that they'll continue to adjust off of this information and be uh, more prepared and, and more, uh, collect, you know, sort of collective once they uh, go through something else again.
0: Doug Lanville, part of the Starkville podcast that's connected to The Athletic. You go to theathletic.com and definitely download Starkville. Wherever you find your podcast, look for that. Starkville with uh, Jason Stark and Doug Lanville. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I need to know your initial reaction to that Marlins outbreak, Doug, because it's one thing to be able to see individual cases of coronavirus, but when we have an outbreak like that, that that was uh an eye opener. What stood out to you most about that?
4: Absolutely. The speed. I think the speed by which this was a uh, contagious, that was horrifying. Um, you know, because you know, you realize that, you know, in my layman science, my understanding is that this is a virus that has an incubation period from basically three to two weeks, three days to fourteen days. And so the even though you're testing consistently every other day basically you you know if someone is transmitting something and you test that's what it means in the moment but if it's incubating you know you could be 2 weeks out and and so to see the speed by which they were flipping into positives when it could have taken 2 weeks was really alarming and as a player a former player just knowing that you know you're watching because it's it's a it's a fraternal order amongst these players and they pay attention and what they know what happens over there can happen to them and they know these players, they might have been former teammates and their families. So it's it's scary and um uh, and and you can't have this confidence to say, well, I'm in, you know, this state or that state and it's better or or worse or we came in with intake test of zero positive that could be meaningless because your exposure is just a, is, a, is a moving target. And we learned early on like you think about how this you know New York City was on fire in the beginning and then everybody was like keep the new Yorkers out but then they flipped the script and then it was the Floridians right? So you you know you just don't know and and you need a lot of humility to to walk through this and and very judicious efforts to make sure that you're communicating and as you said being cohesive and standing together because there's no way you can try to take this on as a team individually.
0: Doug, if you were faced with that question as a player, would you play?
4: Well if I was I, you know I looked at this going into the season and I know it would have been a family decision and you know my wife and my kids and I would have really looked at the circumstances I think uh, I think we would have come down on playing. I do have a lot of faith in uh, you know how they will, do their best efforts to make sure people are protected. I do think that's a genuine concern throughout the league. But as um, but as the information comes in, I I wouldn't be surprised if it gets overwhelming to someone they may elect to opt out even after the season has started and they have that right. So everything's on the table right now and you know I hope that they can contain this and you know moving forward as long as they're putting health and safety first.
0: What about what about young, cool Doug Lanville that was being taught by Jimmy Pearsall? Would he, play, would he play?
4: Yeah, I mean, he would have been clueless, and he probably would have been out there <laughs> like play ball, man. You know, single, bachelor, like whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and that does speak to the different circumstances. You know, Mike Trout's wife is pregnant, and I mean, you know, and, and we just we just don't know enough. We don't know, um, and we're getting information. And everybody handles uncertainty and filling in those blanks very differently. And some people just know I can't take the chance, and others may be willing. And, and certainly, if you're, you know, in my case, you know, 24, 25 years old in the big leagues, you know, I probably would have thought not much of it. I mean, I would have been interested in the science, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I could have just lived in my little bachelor pad and that was it. So, pretty. Uh, Wait, that's a long time ago, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, but the question has to be asked because, yeah. as you as I you see now, even the National Football League now the uh, training camps are open. We just went through the list of players. It's like, nope, I, it's not worth it. I've got guaranteed money, or I've got issues at home, or I got to be concerned with my health, so I'm not going to play. Especially, and again, we talk about plans in place. Major League Baseball won, but the NFL as well. The football's right around the corner. And I don't know if football will stick to their plan of zigzagging across this country in planes and playing games. This is not just uh, like baseball where everything is just within their divisions. It's all over the country. So, And, as, again, I don't know the plan for that either. So I can understand why an NFL player also feels, now, I'm not going to play right now.
4: Well, exactly. And a little fun fact for you, the head of... Uh, VP of Safety and Health for the NFL was my roommate in college, Jeff Miller. So he's pretty busy right now, mm-hmm. um, and he was in my wedding. So it's 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 just um, they're all watching each other and trying to make adjustments. And I'm sure the NFL is particularly watching Major League Baseball because they have similar elements, right, uh, in in their goals. And so you know we have a big number of people supporting NFL teams, so you, you can't really be in a bubble. And and so these questions are going to continue to be raised. And, and as information comes in, you just don't know how much variability, right? It might be different for one team and one scenario, one player. And, and they're watching closely. And, and these leagues, you saw Chris Paul in the NBA saying, you know, he's watching what happens with the Marlins. Um, so there's a lot of trepidation. And, yes, you know, sports is something we miss, and I love it. A lot of us love it. Uh, we know it's non-essential in the grand scheme of things. There's a business component, but I do think at this time, what is essential is us gaining those valuable lessons as a team. You know, as, a, as our country tries to come together. I think that's that is a valuable reminder when you do have sports and you have something to think about. All these different people from different walks of life, you know, coming together and trying to have this goal and really lead. And and we are watching very closely and being on um, on having a scenario where you have the ultimate amount of resources basically to try to take this on. And so it is scary and concerning when, when you fall short and you have, you know, you have this ma- major issue that you have in Florida right now with the Marlins. So you know, that's something that's going to give anyone pause.
0: Doug Glanville, part of the podcast with Jason Stark. Starkville, wherever you download your podcast, I can catch Doug, also part of the Marquee Network as well, and of course, theathletic.com. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, right here on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, for the lack of a better term, Doug, I think that the Toronto Blue Jays thing is, uh, it's ghetto. It's ghetto. It's, it's, you know, the idea that they are were looking for a place to play and now they're going to be in Buffalo. I mean, that, that's listen, you're Major League Baseball, and if you're Manfred, you're on the phone the entire time, as much as possible, to say, we understand the issue with the Canadian government. They don't want you there because they don't want American players playing and thinking that they're going to bring the coronavirus to, um, to Toronto. Fine. But I'm on the phone until I can't be on the phone anymore to find a place for one of my teams. The, uh, you know, you're going to be in Pittsburgh. No, I'm not sure if in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Philly, no, 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 I can't do that. Buffalo, well, maybe. And then maybe not, and then maybe again. Gov- Governor Cuomo says we're happy to have uh, the, um, the Toronto Blue Jays in Buffalo. Of course, the stadium's not ready for that. And the right. apparently the lights are like the Wrigley Field in August of '88 with uh, darkness <laughs> right. in the corners, <laughs> like, right. you know. But just, I mean, again, baseball just has to be better. It's just one of your teams. They shouldn't be globe trotting across the you know, the way and playing on the road. Those that's, that's unfair for the Blue Jays. You just got to do right by the players. That's my point.
4: Yeah, the Blue Jays. We actually on my podcast with Jason Stark, we had. Dan Shulman, who is the voice of the Blue Jays. And he kind of helped us understand a little more of that dynamic. And I think they were making a lot of headway in Baltimore, but they ran out of time. They just decided that they just didn't have enough time. And, and that is part of it. And I, I kind of give them, you know, sort of the league, a little bit of a hall pass in trying to roll out something that is unprecedented almost impossible to get a hundred percent right and and you're just gonna have these challenges and and you know Canada has a lot of provinces with you know zero no cases and they can travel freely in between certain provinces for what Dan was sharing with us so they're in a different circumstance than, than our country uh, you know we're still dealing with a lot of challenges with different states and jurisdictions and battles and and so that that just sort of played out very poorly for the Toronto blue jays and and so yes they're in buffalo and i'm outside of connecticut and hartford was in the running of a gorgeous stadium and and they're between boston and new york it kind of made sense so a lot of teams were vying for it but like you said they're not these major league major league facilities so they're you know it's already compromised enough and if i'm a player that's that's difficult you're already on the road away from your family under these stressful times, and you're, you're kind of living out of a suitcase. Uh, that is, you know, that's not helping the situation. But that's where they are, and they're going to have to make it work. They're going to have a lot of road games before that first home game. so
0: bad. That's so bad. I'm Tony Clark. I'm just incensed. That's not how to do players. That's, ah, well, I guess. See, I would have yeah, been a great player. I, think... I would have been great in the in the room. I would have been a great player. <laughs> yes.
4: Yeah, throw a couple <laughs> chairs, you know, just, <laughs> just bang on the table with your shoe. <laughs> We're not going to
0: Buffalo. <laughs> I ain't signed up for this. I would have thrown out some extra good as well. I'm, I would have been angry. So that's not right. It's not right. And if players opted out of, of Toronto, I can understand, because that's not what they signed up for. They signed up for Toronto, Ontario, or at least within yep. the reasonable uh, proximity of, of that city, and now they're not getting that. Doug, uh, lastly, and I appreciate your time, I want to get your gut gut reaction now everything that we're seeing in baseball do you believe we will get through 60
4: games not without interruption i mean i've i've uh, kind of said that from jump you know there's no way we're going through the season without interruption three teams you know 18 plus states you know different priorities all kind of you know it's just too difficult and and you see how tenuous it is by watching what happened with the the marlins so in florida so you know i i uh i do think they're gonna weigh a lot on what happens here you know the phillies end up okay and you know moving forward they have different protocols but my the, the big concern is will miami will they even come back from this right if you have what are they up to now 17 positives or something you know how do you how do you come back from that? And you you can't just say, hey, let me switch in the whole taxi squad. Uh, that that's not going to come off very well, even though you're kind of prepared for it. You know, it, it, there's an insensitivity if you just say, okay, you 17, you get out of here. We're going to bring in the 30 because you got to care for these players and are part of their family. So um, so that's going to be the big wild card. Uh, it's one thing obviously health and safety first but the logistics of the games are going to be so complicated when teams are dropping off and we saw that with MLS right a couple of teams were just like you're out of here and they just you know they kept their tournament intact so there's there's ways to do it but then you kind of come out of it with a trophy and you're like well yeah I won I won the world series and there were only 10 teams left i mean that that's just not that's not going to go well so i imagine that at some point they would actually shut the league down and uh, that would be unfortunate.
0: My friend, as always, I appreciate your time. Good to catch up with you. And I just want to get your perspective because this is this is deeper than, than baseball. This is about life. That's why I called you because this is difficult on a lot of people. So I, I appreciate the baseball that's on my screen every day. But I, I just know that we're tempting fate every time we see these games.
4: Uh, agree with you 100%, man. And I know we're all out there trying to figure this out. And sports has played a, a powerful role, and and I I value that because I do think sports has a lot to teach us and a lot that can bring us together. And uh, and I, I'm just hoping for the best that it it can endure and and teach us all about what we're facing in ways that can help us be safer. So uh, we're all in it, rooting for it to be successful for different reasons than our home team winning it all.
0: Doug, thank you very much.
4: All right, Jay Hood, good talking to you, man.
0: It is uh, Doug Glanville, baseball analyst, part of ESPN, and also TheAthletic.com, and part of that Starkville podcast with Jason Stark. Uh, Download Starkville, and check out that podcast wherever you download your podcast. We have summer football coming your way at 8 o'clock as we get a chance to talk about the opt-out for NFL players and the number one quarterback in the NFL (laughs) – He's doing something with his money. We'll discuss it as we move forward right here on
1: UTH. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on
2: ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.